Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rural Spark, the podcast exploring rural innovation in Canada, both social and economic. I'm your host, Helen Murphy. This week, we take a look at renewal in rural municipal government. That's what the voters of North Granville, Ontario, wanted in last October's election, and that's what they got. All incumbents were replaced by new faces around the council table, including in the mayor's chair, where Nancy Peckford landed for her first foray into local government. We invited Nancy to join us on Rural Spark to talk about renewal and both the opportunities and challenges that come with such a wholesale change in council. Nancy is the former executive director of Equal Voice, a national organization that advocates for the equal representation of women at all levels of government in Canada. Having made the transition from advocate for women in office to being a woman in office, we wanted to hear her thoughts on how to increase diversity and support renewal in rural municipal government. We also wanted to delve into one of the new mayor's priority issues, something of interest across rural Canada, and that's affordable housing. So good morning, Nancy, and welcome to Rural Spark. Good morning. Um, Nancy, we met a few years ago when you were working with an organization called Equal Voice. And of course, that advocates for the equal representation of women at all three levels of government in Canada. So it looks like you took your own advice and then threw your hat into the ring for the mayor's job in North Grenville. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? Yeah, for sure. Well, I obviously live in North Grenville. We made a decision as a family to move here about nine years ago. At that time, I had two children, was about to have a third. So part of my early experience in North Grenville was experience or was seeing the community through the eyes of my children. And uh, North Grenville is a high growth municipality. We have an urban center, Kempville, and then six rural hamlets. And I could see that despite the growth, much of which is beneficial, there was a real stress that was being created because of that growth and that it was important for me as both a parent and a community advocate to really, at the end of the day, take the opportunity to communicate a vision for what I thought and what I think many of my colleagues and friends and neighbors here in North Grenville thought was in the best interest of our community. Ultimately, after some years of working quietly in the background with a a couple of community groups, I felt it was best to be able to use our municipal election process as the vehicle through which I could communicate a, a vision for our community that I believed at the time reflected the, the needs of many of us who are either longtime residents of several decades or, or newer, which in our case we were. We were relatively newcomers to North Grenville. If we went back a little further, I'm always interested in people who as as students take on these leadership kind of roles. And back in your student days in Newfoundland, um, I understand that you were president of the Students Union there. Did did that experience help lay a path for you with an interest and ambition towards elected office? Yeah, for sure. Student politics was definitely a very satisfying experience and it really highlighted for me how important in fact it is to occupy even those student leadership positions where you really get to test your capacity to be a champion, to be responsive to the needs of your constituents, and where you can see, even in those early days of student politics, that there's a lot of opportunity in the formal 
electoral arena that that you do if if in fact you are serving in in one of those positions there's a lot of capacity to get things done so i can see that in, in you know many decades later after spending a lot of time working in support of female elected officials that in my own community it was i felt it was really important to put you know, to put my own words to the test. And and really, I could see that I, I and many others weren't particularly satisfied with the direction that our community was going. And that if nothing else, by by standing for elected office, I would have the capacity to change the conversation. And that was really my intention. It, you know, apart from whether or not I would win or I would lose, I knew that by standing for elected office, by being on the ballot, I could be part of uh, conversations and debates that would potentially bring new ideas to the fore, uh, would potentially animate others to think about getting involved. And that was that was a really important part of the process for me. And of course, when we talk about change in North Grenville, we're talking about wholesale change, right? Because as I understand it, the entire council changed. That's an interesting mandate. And I understand from when you were knocking on doors, you did hear a lot about people wanting real change in terms of, you know, let's get out with the old models of doing things and let's do things really fresh. And of course, with everyone being new on council, that's a big challenge too. How would you describe that? It's it's only been, um, I guess it's, it's still less than six months for you. How has that transition been? It's been, um, it's actually been really, I think, good. Uh, you know, it's certainly the case that while, the, in fact, you're correct, all of the incumbents were put to, put to retirement, if you will, and in came uh, four new councillors and, and a, a brand new mayor. Despite the fact that none of us have formal municipal experience, many of us were deeply connected to the community. You know, my, my our deputy mayor, for example, is a 25-year business leader here with an extensive history of volunteering and philanthropy. Another one of our councillors was, in fact, the executive director of the Old Town Business Improvement Association. Others were, you know, active with municipal committees or, you know, very engaged with the community. And I think that's actually the benefit of a, a new council is that we get to ask questions in ways that maybe the old council didn't, just because they'd been there a while and they took certain things for granted or or maybe didn't bring the same perspective to our municipality. And, you know, here in North Grenville, we're a rapidly evolving community Page is on our doorstep every day. And while that comes with a lot of benefits, it also demands, I think, a, a kind of thoughtfulness on the part of the current council, the, the one that I serve on, so that we are, are really deliberate about what kind of community are we pursuing for the next 10 years? What do we want our community to look like? for our children and grandchildren? And how do we manage change in ways that are sustainable and support our rural residents as much as uh, it does our urban residents? And those are really big questions. And I think as a, as a newly elected council, we're pretty well equipped, I think, to not just ask the questions, but create opportunities for solutions and for a path forward that everyone feels good about. 
And as you look at that sustainability in the future, I think uh, affordable housing has been identified as one of your priorities. And I understand you recently established the mayor's task force on affordable housing. I think that's an issue that's really pressing for rural communities across Canada. Sometimes it comes from perhaps in your case where you're close to a bigger center that's growing rapidly and it's affecting the hamlets around you, as you mentioned, um, and driving costs up. And in other places, of course, there's isolation and limited of the uh, the marketing case for building building affordable housing, and that's another challenge. But regardless, across Canada, I think this is something that rural communities are struggling with. Tell us a little bit about why affordable housing is a priority for you and what the challenges are in North Grenville in that area. Yeah, that's a great question. Thanks for asking it. You know, I when I decided to, to run for mayor uh, without the benefit of having been on municipal council, I knew that it was incredibly important to canvas door-to-door and that that would help to inform what my priorities would be. I, you know, obviously as a parent and a caregiver and a commuter, uh, had a good sense of what some of those things were in terms of what the community wanted to see action on. But I knew door-to-door was a big part of filling in some of the gaps for me and testing whether or not my perceptions were actually, you know, shared throughout the municipality. So it was really through the door-to-door conversations that the issue of affordable housing came up time and time again. And, you know, it was really, really impactful for me to be, you know, knocking on the door of, you know, a a widow, for example, a a woman who had spent her life here in North Granville, had raised a family, but wasn't able to to continue to to live here because uh, despite owning a home, by selling that home, there wasn't uh, necessarily a way for that individual to either buy a, a smaller home that was affordable or to access the rental market, which is extremely embryonic here. There's a real limit. There's a real paucity of supply of appropriate rental accommodations for individuals who are no longer in a position to own a home or are not yet in a position to buy a home. So it was the door-to-door that really highlighted to me that many, many people were struggling to find housing options that were suitable for you know, their, their stage of life, whether or not they were a 20-year-old who had just finished college and wanted to come back here but wasn't able, they were able to, or they're not able to buy a house or weren't in a position to pursue that or nor did they want to, but they were having great difficulty finding rental accommodations. Or if you were on the other end of the spectrum, having raised a family, you owned a home, but that's not something you were in a position to continue to do. So through uh, the mayor's task force, we're really looking at the gamut of options in terms of how can the municipality support, enable, partner with uh, developers, with not-for-profit associations, with residents to expand the supply of affordable housing, which is not just subsidized housing. It may be uh, housing that is on the lower end of the market spectrum in terms of what gets built here, or it could be ensuring that we have sufficient rental supply so that people aren't forced into one option in terms of obviously living accommodations in our community. And is there a specific time frame, Nancy, that the task force has its mandate to come up with some possible solutions? Yes, absolutely. Um, I am a woman of action, and I really <laughs> felt that we didn't want to spend four years studying the issue. So we have a very ambitious one-year timeline for the Affordable Housing Task Force. We did a call out to the community to see who wanted to serve on that task force. We were overwhelmed with applications from individuals with different lived experiences, with a lot of professional expertise. 
And as a consequence, we not only established a 12-person task force, which is mandated to report back to council with a full report a year from now, we also established a community advisory group that could feed into the task force deliberations and really help us understand what is it the community needs? Because as you I'm sure can appreciate, sometimes policy discussions can veer off in all kinds of directions. And we want to be held accountable to the community. We want to make sure that the task force is really staying on track with what the community needs and all of its diversity. It's one year. And in fact, you know, by virtue of even establishing the task force, We've actually queued developers, we've queued not-for-profit associations, that we've got our eye on this ball. And just by virtue of establishing the task force, we're already changing the, the conversation and opening the door to conversations that I think will be very worthwhile and productive in the long term. Well, that's really encouraging that just by taking a step in that direction, you can actually start action. Action doesn't have to wait until after that process is done. You so that's encouraging. got it. And we expect action all along the way. And the other thing that's really encouraging, Nancy, of course, is that you had an abundance of people applying to be part of this task force. I, I don't think that's always the case. So it shows that the community is fully on board. Correct. And we really wanted to make it an inclusive process. So, again, with the establishment of a community advisory group, you didn't need to have a graduate degree. You didn't need to be a land use planner. You can participate in the process by virtue of having a passion or a lived experience of precarious housing and contribute to the process. And that's critically important to how we move forward. And Nancy, when you were elected in the mayor's chair, uh, you know, there were a number of headlines out that you were the first woman to hold this office in North Grenville. I'm wondering, given that experience, you know, maybe why do you think that we didn't have a woman in that role in North Grenville in the past? And what are your thoughts on the challenges that rural communities might face across Canada when it comes to appealing to a new generation of leaders to come forward and, and put their names on a ballot to bring more diversity to the table in municipal government? Yes, another great question, and thank you for asking it. There, we could talk about it for hours, as you know. <laughs> and, you know, I think in uh, three minutes or less, what we know and what I saw when I was the executive director of Equal Voice is women are playing crucial leadership roles in their communities all the time. Women are very motivated, and they are heavy lifters, as I'm sure we all know, in our own communities, whether you're on a parent council or you're part of a volunteer group or you're responding to the needs of residents by being a good neighbor, you know, a, a good girl guide leader, or, you know, there's so many ways that women are already contributing to the community, to communities across the country. I think the challenge is, how do you take some of that passion and some of that experience and really connect the dots to the formal political sphere? Because I had the benefit of uh, being around politics a lot of my life, I was less intimidated, if you will, by standing for office. I had spent a lot of time with elected officials, incredibly inspirational women from across, you know, the, the political spectrum. And I was really inspired and motivated by their journeys. And it really showed me that there's no perfect time or perfect person or perfect woman for elected office. And that by virtue of running, whether or not you win, you do have the capacity to make a difference. So I was very fortunate to have a lot of exposure to role models who are already serving in public office or had run and not been successful, who said to me, you can do this. If you think it's time for change in your community, you should step up. And I felt it was really important to role model for many 
other women in this community that we could break through the old boys club, if you will, uh, which of course did include a couple of women or one woman in the, in the instance of our, our former municipal council. And, you know, I was really hurted by the support I got from women and men alike, many of whom were excited to see new energy, new blood, new ideas on the table during the campaign, and who really rallied in support of, of what I was offering. But fundamentally, politics is about reflecting back to those voters what they are thirsting for and what they see as the needs and opportunities in our communities. And and that was really part of the spirit in which I uh, went into the campaign. And it's how I serve today is is really uh, we have to stay connected to what residents and business leaders need and to the, I think, the the heart of uh, what makes here in North Granville, our community so special. But Communities throughout the country, you know, everybody is is really wanting the best. I think for each other and for our families, and it's how you harness that. And formal political life is one of the most powerful ways, I think, to give back. And that's really, I think, uh, how more women should think about politics. It is you are of service, uh, and that is that is a really satisfying way to spend some of your time. And it's terrific, Nancy, that we hear from women like you who are sharing their experiences with other women and younger women coming along and inspiring them and giving some advice. But I'm also wondering at the community level, is there more that communities can do to encourage this kind of participation and renewal? I think, you know, certainly, you know, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities has a a project to ensure that at least 30 percent of councillors and and mayors on average across the country are women. And that's really through breaking down some of the barriers. You know, some of these are perceived and some of them are real, both in terms of the timing of municipal council meetings, in terms of the process involved, for example, just upon a municipal through the visibility of, again, female community leaders who, in fact, may be the best candidates for municipal office that we could dream of. Um, But ultimately, I I think uh, municipalities absolutely and mayors and councillors need to signal that the doors are open and that, you know, people in all of their diversity, not just are welcome to, to municipal politics, but are urgently needed. And I think whether the need is expressed by the community itself or the municipal government itself or by individuals in the community is less relevant than ensuring that that we recognize the talent that exists across the country in terms of people who are wanting to give and wanting to make their communities better. And sometimes if we wait for municipalities, if I waited for my municipal government to tell me to run, it never would have happened. It wasn't, you know, wasn't in the cards. And that wasn't just true of me. It was true of many of the individuals out there who were thinking of running. So sometimes you do have to step up. And it's why I take my job as a role model very seriously. And the message I give is not just for women in my community, but, but it is to women out there who really feel that, they have something to offer, that change is imperative, and that they can be part of that process of improving the lives, the everyday lives of our residents. So yes, municipalities have a, a, have a role to play, but they're, they're not the only, I think, agents of change. I think as 
residents and groups in our community, we can really inspire each other to step up because at the end of the day, that's often what it takes. You can't wait to be asked. Yeah, and I think there's probably an abundance. You mentioned working with community partners and nonprofit groups in the the housing initiative, et cetera. But I'm sure there's there's lots of organizations within the community that have strong women, emerging women, who they can encourage at at that level to take another step forward. That's right. But some people are intimidated by municipal politics or they think there's a price to be paid if they encourage someone to, for example, take on an incumbent mayor, which is what I did, or you take on an incumbent councillor. It can be challenging or daunting to feel that you are obviously running against someone who maybe is a neighbor or a friend or someone who's, you know, been very supportive of a particular organization. Um, You know, politics can be a little bit messy in that regard. And some of the research on women in rural politics shows that women are often reluctant to challenge, you know, those in their community who are well known to them. It's obviously an arena where you're out to seek a position that someone else is seeking themselves or occupying so to that end you've got to you really have to have enough fortitude and commitment to really enter the race and and know that this is a battle of ideas it's not a battle of who's the most popular or who's the most experienced it's really about ideas and I think if you bring that frame to it it becomes a little bit less intimidating and it's not so much about challenging a person as it is about offering a vision. And really it's up to the community to decide who they believe is best positioned to fulfill that vision. Well, thanks very much, Nancy. For It sounds like you're battling a cold this morning too, and I appreciate you making time for us. I know you're really busy. Thanks for being part of Rural Spark this morning. And I would like to reconnect with you as we get close to the one-year mark for the Task Force on Affordable Housing um, to reconnect because that's an important issue that we're going to want to be discussing from time to time on Rural Spark. I would love to. You uh, connect with me anytime and we'll give you progress updates so that you know how it's going. Okay. Thanks very much, Nancy. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. And thanks to everyone for joining us this week. Please drop us a line with your ideas for upcoming episodes at info at ruralspark.ca. The Rural Spark team includes content producer Catherine Murphy and technical producer Tara Sieber. Music by Jason Shaw. We wish you all the very best for the week ahead in your part of rural Canada.